Hey guys, it's Lori here. Just letting you know that this episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible. Learn more at csbible.com. Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 186, The Power of and Cautions for Engaging Listening Prayer. Ooh, listening prayer. We get a lot of questions on this. I can't wait to talk about it with our guest today. But yeah, guys, welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast, where we talk about how the gospel is good news for everyone, every day. I am your host, Lori Krieg, and I do have alongside me my very, very favorite. You're getting more adjectives Ooh, today. Superlative. <laughs> Licensed therapist and Argyle aficionado, my husband, Matt Krieg. Hello. How you doing? Doing okay. You got a little cold in there. Yeah, it's all right. We just talked about before we started rolling. It's you had COVID. COVID. It's not you COVID. It. Already did that one. <laughs> it was All terrible. Done. And now you just got the the because we have little kids. They're never not sick. Therefore, we are never, never not sick. Not sick. Okay, but we do have with us someone who's not sick and is praying and supporting holy water while we're talking. I think <laughs> he's like, can you please stop talking about COVID and also <laughs> all the colds and germs you have. Are ever faithful, even when we are sick, and most professional radio voice among us, producer Steve. Hi, guys. How you doing behind the bubble you're constructing <laughs> as we're talking? <laughs> I'm just, I'm praying for a Holy Spirit bubble yeah. right, right here and now. That's how you roll. <laughs> oh, man, you guys, I'm so excited to talk today about listening prayer with our guests that we have in studio. And we're always like, whenever we have a guest in studio, we all get a little like, hey, uh, like finger guns. We all finger guns, people. <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to introduce her to you all in just a second. But before we dive in, we do have on our site, LoriCrieg.com, 14 days to unstick your stuck marriage. So if you guys read Impossible Marriage, there were 12 things I committed to uh, when our marriage was in repair at the beginning. Sometimes it's so nice to know the concepts, but then you're like, what do I do next? So I took those that list of 12 things and turned it into 14 days. So it's a devotional. Um, Matt and I wrote it together. You guys are welcome to grab it. It's 10 bucks at LoriCrieg.com. But I'm so excited to welcome to the show today, Michelle Kyle. Michelle, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. I'm excited. I'm so excited that you're excited because we are excited that you're here. You guys, Michelle is a missionary in Northern Ireland who grew up in the St. Louis area. She studied at Lindenwood University in what state? Missouri. In Missouri, which is where Steve, now Steve, you have to talk. Yeah, this is, uh, we just discovered I was born near where she uh, grew up as well. Oh, that's where you were born. I was probably long gone before she even made, <laughs> came on the scene, but still. Yeah, you know that area. Yeah. Uh, but she studied Christian ministries for her undergrad and nonprofit work for her master. She works for TEAM, T-E-A-M, the Evangelical Alliance Missionary, the Evangelical Alliance Mission, as that missionary in Northern Ireland. She's going to go back soon, Lord willing, for a six-year stint is the plan, right? Yes. Do you come back and visit in those six years, or is it like hardcore, there I am? Um. I plan to not come back. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Oh, man. And what's something like random about you? What's like a fun little, like something you're like, this is how I refuel? Mm. Well, I'm very introverted. And so I typically refuel by myself, whether it be like a walk or I don't know, or even like sports, playing pickleball or really anything. I don't know. I love but that. But more chill, th either chill or sports. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and guys, I'm excited to... Um, 
dive deeper in with our conversation and why we're talking with Michelle specifically about listening prayer and some of the journey that actually she and I went on. But we're going to ask you the question that we've asked everybody. Uh, You know what's coming. You've listened to the podcast a couple times. Uh, But if the gospel is, I'm more loved than I imagine, yet more sinful than I believe, when was that gospel first good news for you and how is it still today? I grew up going to church and so I don't remember a time that I don't believe in God. Honestly, I surrendered my life to him at a young age. And so he, Jesus has always been a part of my life. Um, but it was definitely more of an intellectual relationship for a majority of my life. And so I've been growing a lot and connecting my head and my heart for sure. Mm. Um, but right now, a verse that God has really been having me sit in is um, Psalm 32, 7, where he says, you are a hiding place. I am... I am your hiding, like, you are a hiding place for me. Mm-hmm. And um, basically just showing me that I have been having a different armor that I've added on to, like, the armor of God that is actually false. Mm. And this armor was camouflage of, like, hiding. It was camouflage. Yeah. So it feels strong, but yes. it isn't yeah. as strong. Well, I looked up, so I love doing word studies, and I dug into the root of what hiding means. And so in Hebrew, it actually means protection. And so I, for me, the hiding was hiding from. And God's like, hide in me. Mm-hmm. And so I've just been really like resting in that and not wanting to hide from other things or people or emotions, but hiding in him. Goodness, I love that. Okay, so that was your past story. That's your present that could be a devotional in itself. You ever considered writing devotionals? Because <laughs> that's beautiful. Okay, how did you get connected with Impossible Ministries? What we're doing here, both at the podcast and speaking, writing, coaching. How did you get connected with us? So when I was in Northern Ireland this last time, I had a missions mentor that we would just have conversations pretty regularly about pretty much anything. And we were having a conversation specifically about sexuality. And, um, and so she had shared a podcast episode that you are speaking on for Preston Sprinkle. And this is when you're in Ireland. You're having, okay, yes. mission conversation. Okay, mm-hmm. and I was on Preston's podcast. Yes. She shared that with you. Okay. Yeah. And so I had listened to that, and you were talking about the Stoic, the Attic, and the Mystic. And um, so... I'm going to try to explain like how I interpreted that and you can totally correct it if needed be. Go for it. Um, But for me, like what I heard you say was the stoic is the person who like feels this thing or has this thought or desire. And instead of like doing something about it, you just like dig a hole, throw it in there, like bury it, ignore it, push it aside and just act like it's not there. And then the addict is the person who um, same feeling, same thought, same desire, whatever. And they, like, oh, this, might, this must be good because I feel it, so I'm just going to go chase after it. And then the mystic is the one who, again, same thought, feeling, or whatever desire they have. They don't dig a hole and bury it. They don't chase after it. They sit in it and figure out, like, where it's coming from and the root of it. And in that moment, it was like an explosion went off in my mind. And um, I felt like I had permission to feel for, like, mm. the first time ever. And... Um, yeah, I just felt seen in a way that I never really had before. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, who is this Lori person? Like, why have I not heard of her? How, like, she's just 
so raw and real and vulnerable and I don't know how to do any of those things. And I was just wanting more of Jesus because of that. And so I just started listening to a bunch of more podcasts and your podcast, like this podcast. And every single episode, God was just like piercing my soul. Mm. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I was introduced to the ministry. So, so it sounds like you started really diving into the podcasts and kind of binging them a little bit. Um, but at some point, this, this just listening turned into you actually reaching out to, to Lori and trying to connect. And, and I guess what, you, what led you to that place of really wanting to reach out and connect further? So I was just kind of tired of like feeling stuck. Like there, again, there was this head and heart disconnect that I couldn't really figure out how to like get past that. You know, I was in the word, I was praying, I was in community, I was doing all the things, but I just still felt stuck. I guess that's the really only way I can describe it. And um, a specific part of Lori's story of same-sex attraction, I never was able to like admit that that was true for me as well. But it was, for me, it wasn't even that part. It was just like the emotional freedom of just mm-hmm. like being able to sit in what I'm feeling. And so, and not even sexuality, just like in all areas of my life, like any relationship, any, just anything. I was just emotionally in bondage. So there was this, there was this bridge mm-hmm. like that, that easily kind of connected the two of you just with that shared experience, but that it, it sounds like the biggest thing you wanted to, to work on was just this feeling of being stuck, mm-hmm. of, of being kind of locked in. And Lori, when she reached out to you, what, mm-hmm. what was going on in your head? What were you feeling? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I have quite a few people that reach out to me quite regularly, which I so love. And I love, love, love when you listeners reach out. Um, and I can't remember if you asked for coaching first. Was that it? So I had met you at the conference. Oh, yeah. That you guys are speaking at. And which I feel like I have to add in a bit of context to get to that, because whenever I had first learned about listening prayer was through the journey well study. And I can't remember if listening prayer or lament, which chapter was first, but I remember reading through the listening prayer and was like, yes, like this, like there's something to this. But then the lament part, I was like, no, definitely not. Can I interject what that is? And then we'll go to when we met. Now I remember exactly Mm -hmm. the, the steps. So listening prayer, which is the title of this podcast is really just a phrase we use to make prayer not be something where we just talk at God and envision the black behind our eyelids, you know, where you close your eyes like we do with our kids at dinner. You know, we're trying to teach them the practice of prayer. Um, But it's more uh, trying to take prayer and make it visual. Um, We've done some episodes on this before. We're going to link to some of the specifics. Matt, we even have uh, an episode where you lead people through kind of making this experience that is visual, Mm -hmm. um, just helping them do the practice. It's about five minutes long. So you close your eyes, you ask the Lord to bring to mind a place where you feel safe and at rest. So this is using our imaginations that God made. People say our imaginations are the devil's playground. The devil can't create. Only God can create. Satan distorts. And so if God created our imagination, I can think of no better way to utilize it than 
in prayer. So I describe in Journey Well, which that book she's talking about is on our site as well, lauriecreek.com. And that's my mentorship journey, my discipleship journey, where I didn't go from gay to straight. It was learning how to feel. That was huge, what you mentioned, uh, and learn how to walk in a, in a healthy way, in a surrendered way, as we're all supposed to. But you imagine a place in this prayer space in your mind. You ask the Lord to bring to mind a place where you feel safe and at rest with him. And uh, 99.9% of the time, it's a nature place, which I think if we envision our favorite places to pray, it's probably out in nature. Um, And often it's a place from our childhood where maybe we escaped the chaos of our childhood and escaped too. Or it's somewhere you want to go now, uh, tropical. Matt, what's your safe place? We call it safe place. My safe place is a, um, it's a field in the middle of the mountains and there's a ginormous tree like a deciduous tree, but the size or the height of like a, a giant redwood. So it's massive. It's not a real place on earth. I wish it was, but maybe one day in heaven. I don't know. And you often, when you pray in this listening prayer place, you go up there and you sit in the tree. Is that I, true? I'll either be under the tree or, or sitting in the branches of the tree or, or somewhere yeah. kind of in this scene. And, and it kind of has been something that God has added to. Um, so now I can like, there's a lake beyond a tree line. There's some boulders and stuff. Like it just it, it kind of changes every time, but same general space. And mine often is a place where I did in real life escape as a kid. And it's not like I was in some sort of danger, but I have 11 siblings and it was often chaotic and I am also an introvert. And so it'd be these ponds that we had in the back of one of our houses and there was like little kittens around and I would just sit by it and be peaceful. So even now to kind of flesh this out, and then I want to go back to that conference where we met and the invitation to do this counseling, this not counseling, this mentorship walking. I'm not a therapist. Um, Matt is uh, in the state of Michigan. Anyway, my space is there. And even now I'll close my eyes often um, and I'll go back there somewhere. And what you do in listening prayer is you invite Jesus to be with you in this space. Not that he isn't already, not that the Holy Spirit isn't already with you, um, but it's trying to, instead of just pray at, it's pray with. You know, we talk about having a relationship with God, that uh, prayer is a conversation. But this, I just, I appreciate the tangible nature, the more imaginative um, space of this. It just makes it more real. And so you imagine Jesus with you. I mean, he is because he's the, he's God, but you see him with you and then you start talking and then you start being. Um, and I'm excited to hear about your experience, um, whatever God wants you to share today. But we meet face to face at a conference that we're at. And then what happened? Well, so prior to the conference, so I had been in like getting counseling for about two years prior to that, just digging through a lot of stuff and uncovering just a lot of wounds. And, um, and so it wasn't like I, it was just like this one time something big happened. It was gradual. And I had told my counselor about this listening prayer and she was like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with that. I've led a few clients in something similar. I've been led in it. Let's try it. And so we tried it. And again, I was totally like, I can't do this whole visual thing. It's just not going to work. Um, so we did try it and I was, you know, closing my eyes, just we were inviting Jesus in that space. And I had a, like a vision or a picture of my little, like a little Michelle knocking on a door and I couldn't, like I wanted to get in, but I couldn't. 
and I didn't know what the door was or anything. And so I kind of just like got stuck in that moment and we stopped and we're talking more through it. And, um, and then at the conference, I, you, so you and Matt were sharing on the main session, like stage time. And you had said, you know, sometimes we just get stuck on the outside of the throne room of God and you just need, I think you said a ninja, you need like a ninja person to come alongside you and just help like knock down the door to go into the throne room with Jesus. And so then there's like a light bulb that went off of there, what's this door that, you know, I had this picture of little Michelle knocking on the door, trying to get in, getting stuck. Hmm. And then you mentioned the throne room of God and like needing someone to help you <laughs> knock it down. And, um, and so the whole conference, I was just I'm like, how can God possibly keep speaking through this woman? Like, I just, <laughs> I was like, she doesn't know me, but like she, she can see inside of my soul or something. And, um, and so, yeah, so I met you guys and you asked us to hang out, which I was, I could have had a heart attack, I think, because like, why does she want to hang out with us? <laughs> and, um, and yeah, at one point we were just like talking and you had started off by saying what your healing journey been like, which is a very intentional, bold question that I really appreciated because it just got right to the point. And um, a little while later you had asked me if, you know, you invited me to do listening prayer if I wanted to. And you had actually asked me twice and I mm-hmm. kind of, I didn't even respond at all. And then later on, I eventually walked up to you because like I knew, I, I just, I already had said yes in my mind, but like I had a physical reaction that was like keeping me, like I just, I wanted to throw up. Mm-hmm. And so I went up to you and was like, I really want to, but I'm just honestly terrified. And can I just say in my head why I asked intentionally twice? Because it wasn't, I don't flippantly say those things. Mm. Um, so I do offer coaching on our site, just so you guys know. And some of you who are listening, you've met with me. Um, I'm, I'm currently on a pause until January, but you're still welcome to go there. You can fill something out and learn more. But there's times where the Holy Spirit will prompt me and be like, you need to just meet with this person. And I am not a therapist. That is Matt. Which the difference between him and I are many. <laughs> and, and yet the, the heart beats the same. Like our hearts are very similarly aligned in our love for people. But Matt wants to, is, his joy is walking with people slowly through a tough mess. I am more the ninja. <laughs> it's like, okay, so you're already working with a therapist, huh? And there's something where you're stuck. Um, I've alluded to myself as the crowbar. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. But I just like, oh, there's an area where that feels stuck. Do you want to see if God wants to use us together, like seeking him? And I don't say that in like a pretend us together. Like I can't make anything happen. And that would be like really mean to you to like force something out of you. But I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I'm gonna, I can listen to God with you. You want to try? Um, and for some reason, God uses my... Uh, I want to say dumb faith at times where I'm like, mm, he's God. Let's see. So when you said I could just tell, which is funny, I must, it probably was the Holy Spirit. I was sensing if you were having a physical reaction to it where I was like, oh, God wants to remove that. Maybe he wants to use me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the whole last like two years of how he orchestrated all of it to happen and like media, it just, I was like, okay, yes. Oh. But I mean, I didn't say yes until like two weeks later after the conference, after a lot of like, I f- it was very intense, like, warfare, it felt like. Um, and so, yeah, I finally said yes. 
Hey, Matt, have you noticed? I've been using a different Bible lately. I have. Is it a CSB? Yes, it's a Christian Standard Bible. It's the She Reads Truth one. Are you telling me that you don't just talk about the CSB on ads like this, but you actually read it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I do actually read it. I'm reading the She Reads Truth one every day now for a bunch of reasons, but the biggest one is I love the margins. I love writing the date and some prayers and real life stuff in it. Do you write about me in there? Um, yes. Like, thank you, Jesus, for how awesome my husband is dated every day of my life. Um, no. (sighs) (laughs) Okay, seriously, guys listening, I am loving not only the margins where I can write only gratitude to the Lord for my awesome husband, Matt. But I love that it was edited by women and the devotionals in it are actually uplifting and not fluffy or patronizing. And the timelines, each book of the Bible has this timeline that helps me to understand what's happening in this book in relationship to the rest of the canon of the Bible. Okay, fine. That's fine. (laughs) Even if you write real stuff about me in it. Okay, well, you can get one too and write real life prayers about me in it. You know your girl needs them. Yeah, well, I need them too. (laughs) So where can I get this Bible or another Bible like it? Well, you can find the She Reads Truth Bible or any of the CSB versions by hitting up csbible.com. So you reached out and we're asking, hey, there's this block because... I'd like to meet in person. Is that possible instead of on Zoom? So, because most often, if people live in other states or countries, um, um, we will meet obviously on Zoom. So you flew into town, that worked out, um, and we met. And what happened? Well, I was still terrified, and um, yeah, we we just start chatting, and you're asking like, why am I here? What has brought me here? And I, um, we just invite Jesus there again. And I had this memory that I hadn't like had in like really ever, like it just came back up again from childhood. And um, I saw little Michelle in in my room, in my closet, like I had locked the door and it was just before. So my parents got divorced around the age of 10 and my mom took my brother and I to counseling and I absolutely hated it. And I just didn't want to go. And I just, I was, I didn't want to talk to some stranger about my feelings and emotions. And so I just, I remember specifically like going to my room, just shutting down, going to the closet. And I could see myself like curled up in a ball and it was just dark and I was afraid. And, um, but then there was still like, I was getting stuck in that moment. Like you're asking, like, do you want to invite Jesus into that space, into the closet with you? And I was having a really hard time saying Jesus' name out loud for some reason. And so he showed me that even though in that moment when I was in that closet, that I wasn't alone and that he has been with me this whole time. And uh, it was just really comforting and encouraging to my adult self to know that even though little Michelle didn't know he was there, that he was and that he still is and always will be. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, you, you just kind of guided me through that. Like, you didn't even really say a whole lot, really. It was just like God was just showing up and doing the stuff. And um, pretty much after that, you had, uh, or no, I was like, I need to read my limit now, which was the 
absolutely like I didn't want to it was the thing I was dreading the most out of doing this all right can I pause you because you said the word I didn't want to read my lament so for people who are listening so we just talked about listening prayer we talked about which is you know adding the visual piece is how we interpret it you could interpret it in different ways to prayer and doing more listening and being with Jesus than talking at him but there is an element uh, at times I don't do this with everyone uh, where I have them before we meet uh, write out a lament, which I'm taking a page from uh, Healing Care Ministries. This is healingcare.org. You guys are welcome to look that up. That's Terry Wardle. Steve's been trained there. Matt's been trained there. I've been trained there. We've just, Matt and I have been developing our own way of going about this. Steve, I'm sure you and Kelly have your own way of approaching this. So lament is not only taking a page out of Healing Care, but really taking a page out of the Bible or a chunk from specifically the Psalms where David, a man after God's own heart, is pouring his pain out to God. And so when I meet with people, and let's say we have a few sessions together. Session one, if we get like kind of like a precursor, is I just kind of take a lay of the land. And then I will, if I have a sense like, oh, there's something there. Write about what happened there to God. And we together are going to bring that to him. Mm -hmm. Which... I don't know if that's taught so much in our churches is we can bring our pain to God. And that was vital for my journey. And so for you, I was like, well, again, I don't, I just need to pause and say these spaces, you don't get to put a gun to God's head and say, we demand you show up and do this for us. Whenever we enter these spaces of prayer, I I really am like, if God wills it, I pray it. I believe it. I hope it but we can't demand it. So we enter this prayer space and I invite you to write a lament. And I'm like, maybe even if nothing else, at least you're getting it out to him. So you didn't want to do it. And then what? Yes. So I eventually was able to, but it was like, I started reading it and I could feel like I completely shut off. Like I, it was as, it was as if I was reading someone else's words or someone else's lament. And um, like I f- finished reading it and you said like, what just happened? Like I, some, like I could see a shift happen in you, like what happened? And I was like, I don't know. That's why I'm here. Like I, <laughs> that's, I just, I keep shutting off and I can't figure out why and I'm stuck. And, um, and so I can't remember all the specific details, but, I remember just like at the end of that, I, even though I still felt that stuck in that moment, I still had just a, a, an immense amount of like joy and freedom knowing that Jesus was with me in that, you know, little Michelle moment in the closet. But then we had a second opportunity to do the listening prayer, seeking Jesus together. And I wasn't expecting that because I thought like, you know, I, this is why I came here. It's done. Great. God did amazing things. And then... Um, the family that I was staying with that, that weekend, we went to the pier, Grand Haven Pier around here somewhere. I don't know. And um, I just remember walking out, and it was just beautiful weather. Everything was peaceful. I felt calm, and um, I didn't really think anything of it. And then the next morning, you guys were leading a training on how to lead people in listening prayer. And um, Matt was getting ready to show us kind of like this is what it looks like to lead someone and get into their safe space. And Michelle, her name, the lady I was staying with, she leaned over and said, like, maybe try to picture yourself at the pier or um, where we saw the rainbow when we were driving on the road that night. And so I was like, all right, I'll try. Like, 
I don't know. And so I just remember praying, like, God, you're going to have to do something because I, I, like, I literally close my eyes and I usually see nothing. And so I did, and Matt's, you know, he's talking, he's leading his super, like, calm, <laughs> chill voice. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I had, like, it happened. I could see myself standing on the edge of the pier. Everything was just, again, really calm and peaceful and beautiful. But then it, like, turned into this, like, crazy storm. I wasn't on the pier anymore. I was out in the water, like, drowning and panicking and, like, freaking out. But then you're like, okay, so that's kind of how the, how you lead someone to their safe space. And so I was like, what, what am I supposed to do now? And I'm like, something just happened, and I don't know what it was, but I, I was, like, struggling to, like, take full breaths. And, um... And prior to when that event started, Lori had asked if I wanted to continue on what we were doing the day before. And I was like, yes, I can't like do this again with somebody else this weekend. Like you already know a lot and I couldn't start over. And so, um, so yeah, I had told her that that happened. And so she asked if like, do you want to try to get back into this, whatever was happening? And so I was like, yes, let's, let's do it. And um, so I immediately, I was back, I was in the water but I wasn't like panicking anymore. And um, it just, it got really calm. And then I saw a boat come up next to me. And um, I just, like, I felt like Jesus was in the boat. And, um, and right after that, you had asked me like, do you want to invite Jesus into that space? And I said, well, he's, he's actually already there. Mm -hmm. And I remember you saying like, just how, how sweet is it for him to show up before we even ask? And, um, and so now I wasn't like in the water anymore. I was, I guess I was on top of the water because I wasn't in the boat or on the pier. And he was just reaching his hand out to me for me to grab it. And I was trying to, but I couldn't. And so um, as soon as it happened, when I tried to reach and I couldn't grab his hand, I had again this picture of Lena Michelle in the closet. And Jesus looks at me and says, that closet, that is where little Michelle got stuck. And you need to go free her and kick down that closet door. Full circle. Yes. And so I was like, well, here's four doors now. Like there's something, you know, that has been happening. And um, like that, I just remember, because I was coming into the weekend experiencing an absolute, like an emotional meltdown. And that was what I've been preventing my whole life from experiencing because I'm like, that's not safe. I don't want to feel anything. I don't want to let anyone in. So I'm just going to shut it all off. And so I wasn't having a meltdown. I was like experiencing a deep joy that I never felt before. And I, I felt just like really giddy and like I was laughing and it was really, really weird to me. And um, he, yeah, he asked me to like, let's, let's go kick down the door. And then Lori, you had asked me if I wanted to invite Jesus in to help me kick down the door. And after a few moments of just, I was asking him and he said, no, I'm going to wait for you in the boat. And so you had asked is there another person that you want to help you knock down the door? And so again, a few minutes later, or moments later, I was like, I think my mom. Um, but then I was like, no, it's not my mom, but I want it to be my mom. And you had said, well, I'm not your mom, but I am a mom. And so if, if you want to, I can come and help you not kick down the door. And so I was like, yes, please. And, um, and then... She's like, all right, I'm, I'm all, she's making sound effects, like, like, all right, I'm armored up. <laughs> and um, I don't remember doing that, but I, you, so I can imagine myself did. doing that. Yeah. And um, 
And so like, as soon as that happened, I, again, I had another picture of like these two suits of armor and one was this like victorious, glorious looking armor and one was like a dark evil mm. outfit. I don't know. And it, I was just like having to choose, like which one are you gonna choose? And so I had put on the victorious warrior suit and um, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna go into the closet. I'm gonna kick down the door. And so I, I do, I go in there. As soon as I do that, it's like that whole moment is like gone and I'm back into the water and I reach out. Jesus' hand is still reaching out to grab mine and I can actually grab it this time. And I get into the boat with him and um, for the first time in my life, it was like little Michelle and adult Michelle were connected. Mm-hmm. Like we're just whole and um, it was insane. Like I, the, the weight that I had felt on my chest for so long, like the barrier that had been keeping me from being my real self was just, it was gone. And I just was bubbling with <laughs> joy. And that's the only word I can think of at the moment of that um, experience with Jesus. And, and I also had realized in that moment, um, the reason why I was having such a hard time of saying Jesus' name out loud the day before was because I... I wasn't ever able to embrace his gentleness. I always pictured him as, you know, like mighty and strong and powerful, which is true. But I, I just, since I was so shut off for so long, I, I wasn't receiving his gentleness. And in that moment, it was like my intimacy with him went from like zero to a thousand. And praise God. Yeah, it was powerful. Thanks for sharing that again. I was there, but it was like, like I just have tears in my eyes as you're sharing, and I'm ready to jump up and down with you. What a privilege. Yeah. So, so Michelle, you said that before the whole lament, before everything, you you were you were dreading it. Yes. You were you were very afraid. What what was it that you were afraid of? I think I was afraid of myself. Like I. It was as if the person inside of me that was trying to like feel was separate, like a side of myself. And so whenever I'd get in, like I didn't want to get into an intentional space to be vulnerable because I, for one, didn't know how. I wasn't taught how. I didn't know how to navigate through like triggers and responses to things. Like I just, again, I, I was in the closet still. I was stuck. I, little Michelle was stuck. And so, yeah, I was just afraid of, I guess, just maybe like being fully seen. And um, I wanted to be seen, but I was afraid to be seen because it just felt really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're used to not being seen. Yeah. So, Lori. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you've done this with a, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You've, you've done this a lot more than I have even. And um, in general... I mean, when, when someone approaches you either with the desire to do, to do listening prayer or to do a lament, um, how do you know when to say yes? Or how do you know when it's, I guess, a safe thing to do or when there's maybe some pre-work that, that maybe needs to happen before taking that step? Right. That's such a great and important question. Um, and just the, the need for caution is, is needed. 
I think what helped me say yes to Michelle was I knew you already had a therapist both before and after. And so I knew there was someone who was with you on the journey. And so if someone is fresh off the trauma boat and is coming to me, I'm, I'm going to tread a little slower and I still may do, hey, do you want to bring it to the Lord? So any, someone who's listening right now and you've been following faithfully with Jesus and you're walking with someone, you're like, man, they are stuck. You can do something really simple like, do you want to take it to Jesus with me? And just invite them to just tell him about it. And you don't have to do all the listening pieces if you don't want to. Um, and I'm going to come back to some of the training that should be done too. So I know that that's a smart piece. Uh, but you can invite them to just share it with Jesus. And you, at a minimum, you can read a psalm over them after they share. And the win there is they got some of the pain out and they heard truth into it. Um, and then, of course, you can practice some of the, you know, the listening pieces. Again, we're going to uh, link to Matt's you know, safe place prayer exercise or um, just any of the things we've done today. But I will say another reason I said yes is I've been trained in this space uh, to know some of the cautions, such as the necessity of being peaceful and having a safe place in the beginning and the end. If someone's been highly traumatized or has had trauma of any variety, and you're going to step into that, when you just start talking about it, they can go to a dead place like Michelle did, or they can go to a heightened state of panic like you did when Matt did the safe place prayer. Like you start breathing heavy. So then if you are leading someone or if I'm leading someone and they're hitting a, a trauma state, I need to be aware of my own skills to know okay, we're hitting a panic button. Let's back it down. Let's go back to safe place. Can you remember the five senses? Um, can you remember, what, did you, what do you see here? Smell here, taste here, maybe not taste. Um, but, and just go back to a place of homeostasis. So I think I said yes, because she had a therapist. I had been trained. And then that third one that I just kind of alluded to is I know what to do if someone panics. Uh, and so this is why training is important if you're really going to do some of the nuanced pieces that, that I've grown in comfortability doing um, over the years. Um, and then the fourth one that's super important is I knew she knew the Bible. I think that's the biggest caution that people have is they enter these spaces of listening prayer and they're like, Jesus is telling me, and I don't really want to say lies, honestly, out loud right now, but it's things that are unbiblical. Um, so was kicking down the door unbiblical? No, but was freedom a I mean, was it unbiblical? I mean, could you read a verse about, and then Michelle kicked a door down of her childhood past? No, but it's under the category of Jesus desires our freedom. And it wasn't emotionally abusive to you in the sense that I wasn't forcing you, uh, which it goes under the training category is, you said I hardly say anything. That's on purpose. I ask questions, and I ask you to ask the Lord. So, and I knew you weren't going to see, like, like you saw the two suits of armor. You have enough spiritual training in you from childhood to know I'm probably not going to go toward <laughs> darkness. Is that helpful, Matt? And I guess I would kind of turn the question around to you. Like, all right, I just will. Matt, as a clinician... You don't utilize this uh, like I do, but what are some cautions that you have or 
to maybe repeat the question you gave me, when do you know it's the right time mm-hmm. to walk someone into a space like this? Yeah, I, I think one of the ways that I tend to use this is, is for people like, like Michelle, honestly, like myself, where, where expression of, of emotion is difficult because there's something about being in a place where you feel just completely at ease, completely safe, that, that allows you to open up a little bit better. Um, this is not something that I, you know, start first session, second session. Um, this is usually after I've established a pretty strong rapport with the client um, because oftentimes there is training that I would need to do too because people come to therapy and they're not thinking, oh, we're going to do healing prayer. Um, and or some listening prayer, yeah, whatever word you want Healing prayer, listening yes. prayer, visualized prayer, safe place prayer, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, and so there is that whole, yeah, the imagination is the devil's playground kind of mentality or like, oh, well, this is just something hokey and I'll feel good for a minute, but it won't actually do anything. And so I, I think for me, like to, to have to kind of lay the groundwork of like, what is this? What is this doing? A, it's, it's hopefully giving you a tool that when you're in a heightened state of anxiety, like you can go there, you can visualize the space and kind of help yourself come down even. Um, two, and I, and I realize I said A and now two, so I'm just off to a great start. B, um, inviting Jesus there. Like the, the whole goal of this is not for Jesus to quote unquote fix the issue. It's, it's really to allow him to be present in the issue. And I think that's the biggest thing for whenever I've done it. It's not like, oh, and now I'm no longer struggling with whatever, being single or you know, disliking myself or it's not this like magical one thing, but it's, it's something that pretty, pretty much every time I've done it, when Jesus has shown up, there's been this, like, just as he was with you, Michelle, like this, like, I've been with you. Mm -hmm. Like I was there the whole time. I've been with you the whole time. I've been walking with you through whatever this struggle is. And so there's just this, I guess, assertion of Emmanuel, that, that kind of happens, which is probably the, the key thing, I guess, that, that I've seen kind of come out of it a lot, which is, is really helpful because as the therapist, I can't be with them all the time, but, but Jesus is, and it's, it's good for all of us to remember that he's with us. The gift I found in doing this so many times with so many different people literally around the world is it's the same Jesus that shows up and some character qualities that I see in this space is what you just named, is he's always very chill in the sense that he wants to be with you. Like he, he's never in a rush. He never has somewhere else to be. He's not even in a rush about your pain. He wants to be with you in this moment. And he's always so invitational, which is why I try and, and take a page out of him as I'm trying to be the ninja or the healer or the crowbar. I need a different word. But is he's like, yeah, you want to go do knock down the door? He didn't demand it. So Matt, you said an important point also, many important points, but one of them being um, this isn't a magic bullet, but it also isn't a squishy feeling that goes away. So I guess that would kind of be uh, one of the closing questions for you, Michelle, is how has this impacted your life going now and forward? Oh, it has, I mean, totally transformed my life. The last, because this was last April, 
And so for the last six months or so, I mean, I have just, I've been chasing after Jesus so hard. And um, I mean, he's still doing deep, deep stuff in me. And um, I've just, the layers of freedom just keep, keep piling up. Like I, I, I feel like a new person. I'm, I feel more emboldened to like use my voice. And um, I just know he's like, this isn't going to be wasted. Like he's preparing and equipping me for whatever he wants me to do. Like how he, he's created me for a reason. And like, he's created me for oneness with him. And I feel closer to him than I ever have in my life. And I am more in love with him than I have ever been in my life. And I want others to know him as well. And yeah, I just, I feel more alive than ever. Mm. Is this a tool you're going to use on the mission field? I would like to, for sure. I mean, I definitely would need more training to some capacity, but I think the youth and whoever I'd be working with, like this, this would be a game changer because a lot of youth these days are very shut off and don't know how to engage with their emotions. And um, yeah, if, if I get the opportunity to, I would definitely love to. Well, we'll be praying for that. Michelle, this is a question that we're asking everybody this season is, why is Jesus still worth following now in 2021 and beyond? If I just look at myself, like apart from Jesus, if Jesus wasn't in the picture, I would, I mean, I know like in my own self, I'm not enough. Like I would, it would, I, it would just be so dark. And, um, but I know like Jesus, he, he is enough and he looks at my not enoughness and says like, you are loved. And um, it's, it's just worth it for me because he, I wouldn't be here without him. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not afraid of the world anymore because this isn't my home. Ooh. And we all clap. Like for real, like praise God. Thank you so much for the courage to reach out to me, to come out here again and jump on this podcast and to minister to real life people like yourself who started listening to this podcast and are listening now and are wondering, can I have this intimate encounter with Jesus now? Now, guys, I know we've emphasized training and I know you just alluded to it too, but you can right now go to the other link where Matt leads you through healing prayer and you try praying visually. Try it. I do it every day now. It's like a quick thing, but I'm just trying to picture Jesus uh, and talk to him. So just try it. And with your friends in a dark and needy world, you can try. Do you want to talk to Jesus about it with me? Just try it and see what happens. Training's important, but I just, just do both. Just try and train. All right, guys. If you want to learn more about this, if you want to connect with Michelle, you can email us at podcast at um, and I'll forward it on. I'll, if that's okay, can I yeah. forward on to you? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll forward it on to her. Uh, you can also learn more at where Matt and I were trained in this specific thing and Steve too at healingcare.org. Uh, you can look up Terry Wardle, W-A-R-D-L-E. He's got some books. His latest one I heard is really great. Uh, or you can go to some of our old episodes where we talk about 
lament and listening prayer. And again, we will link the one where Matt's very soothing voice leads you through a listening prayer exercise. Thank you again, Michelle, Kyle, and for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, we will see you next week.